ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So last time when we arrived at the chapter in Kitabu Tawheed, Babu ma jaa anna ba'adha hadihi al-ummah ya'budu al-awthan. The chapter regarding what has been mentioned that some of this ummah will worship the false deities So we did the introduction last time but we'll mention it briefly again. Babu ma jaa anna ba'dha hadhihi al-ummah ya'ni laysa kulluha fal ummah la tajtami'u 'ala dalalah walillahi alhamd bal yabqa fiha man yathbutu 'ala al-haqq So the chapter says some of this ummah, some, will fall into the worship of the false deities. Not all of this ummah, because all of the ummah would never unite upon falsehood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved the ummah from uniting upon falsehood. As it is mentioned, كَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَا تَزَالُ طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْ أُمَّتِي عَلَى الْحَقِّ مَنْصُورَةٌ لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ مَنْ خَذَلَهُمْ وَلَا مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ That they will not cease to be a group from my ummah upon the truth and aided and no one will harm them uh, or from those who deceive them or oppose them they will not be harmed by them up until the command of Allah comes up until the establishment of the hour فَهَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ لَا تَظِلُّ كُلُّهَا The Ummah as a whole cannot go astray. As a whole cannot go astray. وَإِنَّمَا يَظِلُّ الْكَثِيرِ But many, even the majority, may go astray. لَكِنْ يَبْقَى مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يَثْبُتُ عَلَى الْحَقِّ إِلَىٰ أَنْ تَقُومَ السَّاعَةِ But there will always be from this Ummah those who remain upon the truth up until the hour is established. وَهَذَا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ And this is from the bounty, the virtue of Allah. And his mercy that he does not allow the ummah, all of them, 
the whole of the Ummah to unite upon falsehood. Many may go astray, but there will always be some who remain upon the truth. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ الْمُصَنِّفُ رَحِمَهُ that's why the chapter says some of this ummah. That's why this shows the precise understanding and knowledge of the author and it shows how he does not rush into making judgments upon the ummah as some of the people do. There are those today from the writers, from the thinkers, they are not from the ulama. And they declare all of the ummah to have fallen into kufr. They declare all of the hukam to be kuffar. And all of the Muslims to have fallen into kufr. And that is incorrect. That is incorrect. So some of this ummah, ba'adha ummah, awthan. Meaning that some of this ummah, will fall into shirk. أي يشرك بالله عز وجل والأنعم وقصد الشيخ رحمه الله من هذه الترجمة and the intent of the sheikh, the author from this title الرد على من زعم أنه لا يقع في هذه الأمة شرك it is a rebuttal upon those who claim that shirk cannot occur in this ummah. Rather, as we will see, it can. They are the ones who worship the graves who make that claim. That shirk does not occur in this ummah. They say, They say, يقولون هذا الذي نعمله ليس بشرك. This action of ours, what we do when they go to the graves, يطلبون من الأموات الشفاعة. They seek the intercession from the dead. They say هذا الذي نعمله ليس بشرك. لأن هذه الأمة لا يقع فيها شرك. They say what we do is not shirk because this ummah will not fall into shirk. وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ مِنْ بَابَ التَّوَسُّلِ بِالصَّالِحِينَ They say this is only seeking intercession or intermediaries via those righteous people. أَوْ مَحَبَّةُ الصَّالِحِينَ Or that our actions at the graves it is only our love for the righteous we are demonstrating. It is not shirk. Or other than that, from the weak justifications that they try to put forth, 
وهذه مقالة المشركين الأولين What they say now is exactly what the mushrikun used to say previously. <coughs> As Allah tells us in the Quran, they used to say, مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَى That we do not worship them except that they will bring us closer to Allah. And they used to say, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ They used to worship others besides Allah, those who cannot harm them, nor benefit them, and they would say, هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ These are our intercessors with Allah. لَكِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ والعياذ بالله يقرؤون القرآن ولا يفقهون معناه أو يعرفون معناه ويغالطون ويكابرون تبعا لهواهم So these types of people they may read the Quran but they do not understand it or even if they understand it they intentionally distort it and misinterpret it from their arrogance and haughtiness in following their desires, and so they continue upon the worship of the graves, seeking intercession from the dead, and claiming that it is not shirk. And we spoke about all of those affairs in detail when we read through Kashf al-Shubuhat. So now in this chapter, the first evidence that is mentioned, Qawluhu Ta'ala, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا نَصِيبًا مِنَ الْكِتَابِ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاقُوتِ Do you not see? أَلَمْ تَرَ Do you not see? And here the istifham هو istifham تقرير The question here and you notice some of the ayat of the Quran they are in the form of questions. But that is not because, obviously, not because it is a question that requires an answer. Allah is all knowledgeable of everything. These are not questions because answers are needed to them. They are questions for other reasons. Here, the question is, to establish the fact that this is what happens. Have you not seen those who were given a portion of the scripture? They were given a portion of the scripture, yet they believe in al-jibt wa ta'ut. And we'll get to the meanings of those in a moment from shirk. So, الاستفهام هنا استفهام تقرير أي قد رأيت وعلمت يا محمد It is establishing the fact that indeed, O Muhammad, you have seen you have seen from the mushrikun that they do this إلى الذين أوتوا نصيبا من الكتاب Have you not seen those? And indeed, you have seen those 
who were given a portion of the scripture, a hawan min al kitab, fannasib al haw, wal muradu bihim al yahud, لأن الله أعطاهم التوراة التي أنزلها على موسى عليه الصلاة والسلام من عند الله فهو كتاب عظيم من عند الله This ayah is referencing the Jews Those who were given a portion of the scripture They were given the Torah They were given the Torah that was revealed from Allah to Musa alayhi salam. So they, the Jews, were given a scripture from Allah, a great scripture. And all of those previous scriptures, all of those previous revelations, we believe all of them are kalamullah. They were all the speech of Allah revealed from Allah to His prophets and messengers. But then when the Qur'an was revealed, it is muhaiminun alayha. It overrides and overwhelms all of the previous scriptures. And on top of that, the previous scriptures, the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur, all of those no longer remain upon the original form. They were all changed, but the Qur'an remains on the original revelation. <coughs> so this ayah, have you not seen those who were given a portion of the scripture believing in Al-Jibt wa Taghut, which are forms of magic, etc. Meaning they commit shirk, despite being given the scripture. They were given scripture, book, revelation, and yet still they were believing in forms of shirk. So hada min babil inkari alayhim. It is a means of rebuttal and rebuke upon them, upon the Jews. لِأَنَّ الْمَثْرُوضِ أن الذي أوتي نصيبا من الكتاب وعلم الحق يجب عليه أن يعمل به. Because what would be expected is that the one who is given a portion of the scripture is given some of that revelation and they have knowledge regarding it that they should act upon it. That is what would be expected of them and desired of them to do. فَكَوْنُهُمْ يُخَالِفُونَ الْحَقِّ وَعِنْدَهُمُ الْكِتَابِ هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى غِلَظِ كُفْرِهِمْ وَعِنَادِهِمْ The fact that they have revelation and scripture came to them and they knew the truth and yet they turn their backs on it, indicates the severity of their disbelief and arrogance and haughtiness in turning away from that truth. <coughs> so what do they do even though they were given the scripture and revelation? يُؤْمِنُونَ <laughs> بِالْجِبْتِ That they believe in 
الجبت وهو الشرك أو السحر أو الساحر أو الكاهن أو الشيطان كل ذلك يسمى جبتا that they believe in الجبت and الجبت the meaning of it is all types of affairs revolving around shirk shirk or magic or the magician or the sorcerer or the shaitan all of those types of things are known as al-jibt so they had the scripture with the revelation and yet they were believing in the magic and the the shirk and the magicians and the sorcerers and the likes and they believed in الطاغوت في اللغة مأخوذ من الطغيان وهو مجاوزة الحد linguistically الطاغوت it comes from the word طغيان and that is anything that goes beyond a limit something that transgresses and goes beyond the limit that is طاغوت or طغيان والمراد به هنا ما تجاوز به العبد حده من معبود أو متبوع أو مطاع في غير طاعة الله كله طاغوت and the intent here is when a servant transgresses beyond the limits in terms of the one he worships or the one he follows or the one he obeys in obedience to other than Allah, then all of that is known as taghut. It is all tughiyan. It is all transgression of the boundaries. وَيَقُولُ الْعَلَّامَةِ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمِ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمِ رَحِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى The student of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah He says أَطَّوَاغِيتُ كَثِيرُونَ وَرُؤُوسُهُمْ كَمْ The tawaghit are many he says Taghut many types But the heads of them are in the three fundamental principles, everybody studies it. The heads of them, Ru'usuhum Khamsa. Iblis, La'anahullah, Waman Ubida, Wahua Radin, Waman Da'an Nasa Ila Ibadati Nafsi, Waman Idda'a Shay'an Min Ilmil Ghaib, Waman Hakama Bigayri Manzalallah. <coughs> the heads of the Taghut are five. Iblis at the head of them. Iblis at the head of them. The curse of Allah be upon him. And then also the one who is worshipped and he is pleased that the people worship him. The one who is worshipped and he is pleased that he is worshipped. That therefore excludes 
excludes Isa السلام, people may say he is worshipped besides Allah, yes. But is he Radin? Is he somebody who is pleased with that? Of course not. So it is Manubida Wahua Radin. The one who is worshipped and he is pleased with that. And then thirdly, nafsihi. The one who invites and calls the people to his worship. And fourthly, and this is very common, من من The one who claims to have knowledge of the unseen. And how many of them there are? The ones who claim to have knowledge of the unseen. And we're going to get to all of those chapters, insha'Allah. The sorcerers, the magicians, the fortune tellers, all of those types of people claiming to have knowledge of the unseen. And the one who rules by other than what Allah has revealed. <coughs> and they say, meaning the Jews, the Jews would say to the ones who disbelieved, Jews themselves disbelieved. Who are the ones that disbelieved that the Jews are talking to? The Mushrikun, the other Mushrikun, the Quraysh. They would say, the Jews would say, يَقُولُونَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يَعْنِي يَقُولُ هَؤُلَاءِ الْيَهُودِ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُوا قُرَيْشِ هَؤُلَاءِ أَهْدَى أَهْدَى مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا سَبِيلًا They would say, the Jews about the Mushrikun of Quraysh, these, these, are more guided than the ones who believed. You are more guided than the ones who believed. يعني هؤلاء الكفار أهدى من الذين آمنوا سبيلا أي منهج الكفار أهدى من منهج المسلمين المتبعين لمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وهذا وهم عندهم الكتاب ويعرفون الحق من الباطل. So the Jews they would say to the Mushrikun of Quraysh that you are more guided than the believers, even though the reality is لا يعتقدون هذا في أنفسهم. They don't really في الباطن يعني. Inside themselves, the Jews don't believe that. They know that the Muslims are upon the guidance. The Jews, they know that the Muslims are upon guidance. But they would say to the Kuffar, the Kuffar of Quraysh, they would say to them, you are more guided than the ones who believed. The ones who follow Muhammad And they would say that despite having the revelation that came to them, Despite that revelation having made mention of the coming of the Prophet Muhammad and they would say this out of their hatred. 
And what was the reason then that the Jews had such a problem? So, when the Messenger وسلم, made the Hijrah, he came from Mecca to Medina. And the Ansar, the residents of Medina, they gave their pledge of allegiance to the Prophet وسلم, from the tribes of Al Aus and Al Khazraj. And that pledge of allegiance had in reality been put forth to the messenger before the messenger went to Medina. A person may say, how did the Muslims know in Medina they would find good people and how did they know that? How did they know that? How, how did they know Medina would be a good place? Go there, they will help you there. How did they know? In the previous Hajj season, the Ansar, they had given their pledge of allegiance to the messenger. If you come to us, we will aid you. We will support you. It's in the seerah. So it was known that the Ansar in Medina, they were uh, uh, supporters. They were Muslims. They had accepted Islam and that they would support the messenger. And they had said to him as much, if you come to Medina, we will support you. We are in your aid. And so they went and the tribes of Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, the Ansar, they were in the support of the Prophet ﷺ. And so Medina became a tremendous land of the Muslims at that time. Then when that happened, the Jews, and there were many Jews living in Medina at that time. And that area, there were many, Yemen, completely full at that time, many. There were Jews in that area. So the ones who lived in Medina, obviously this hatred and jealousy and envy overcame them that their city, their homeland as well, had now been taken over by Islam and the Muslims. And so they despised the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims. فَذَهَبَ كَعَبْ إِبْنُ الْأَشْرَفِ يَسْتَنْجِدُونَهُمْ عَلَىٰ قِتَالِ الرَّسُولِ وسلم So it's mentioned in the seerah how Ka'ab ibn al-Ashraf and Huyay ibn al-Akhtab from the Mushrikun, they went to Mecca to try and gather together an army from them to try and bring them, to recruit them, to come and fight against the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and against his companions. فَانْتَهَزَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ الْفُرْصَةِ وَقَالُوا So the, the, and they were from the Jews in fact. They were from the Jews who went. And so the Mushrikun took the opportunity being presented to them to fight against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَانْتَهَزَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ الْفُرْصَةِ وَقَالُوا أَنْتُمْ أَهْلُ كِتَابِ تَعْرِفُونَ الْحَقَّ مِنَ الْبَاطِلِ بَيِّنُوا لَنَا أَنَحْنُ أَهْدَىٰ أَمْ مُحَمَّدٍ 
They, the Mushrikun of Quraysh, they said to the Jews, you are the people of the book, you have a scripture, so you know the truth from the falsehood. You tell us, you clarify to us, are we more guided than Muhammad or not? The Mushrikun were asking the Jews, you are a people of the book. You have a scripture, you tell us. Aren't we more guided than Muhammad? فَقَالُوا وَمَا أَنْتُمْ وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ يَعْنِي بَيِّنُوا لَنَا صِفَتَكُمْ وَصِفَةَ مُحَمَّدٌ So the Jews, they said to them, and what are you upon and what is Muhammad upon? Tell us what you're upon and what he's upon and then we'll make the judgment who is more guided. قَالُوا مُحَمَّدٌ سُمْبُورٌ مَبْتُورٌ قَطَّعَ أَرْحَامَنَا وَسَبَّ آلِهَتَنَا وَنَحْنُ نَذْبَحْ أَلْكُومٌ وَنُطْعِمَ الْحَجِيجِ وَنُسْقِ الْحَجِيجِ وَنَفُكُّ الْعَانِ وَنَصِلُ الْأَرْحَامِ يَصِفُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ بِهَذِهِ الصِّفَاتِ So they said, Muhammad, that he is cut off and isolated, and that he has cut the ties of kinship with us because the Muslims, they departed, they left. Their families who were upon shirk were left. They said, look, he cut the ties of kinship between us with this religion and tawheed as they believe. He cut the ties of kinship and he cursed our gods. And yet we, they gave all the good descriptions. We helped the hujjaj and we... Uh, give them food and drink and help the needy and we uh, keep the ties of kinship. They gave all of the good descriptions about themselves. And they said, Muhammad, he has uh, broken up the ties of kinship and done all of this and this and this. So then the Jews, they said to them, Qalu, antum khayrun wa ahda sabila. So you are better and upon a more guided pathway. وَالشَّاهِدْ مِنَ الْآيَةِ لِلْبَابِ أَنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ فِي الْيَهُودِ مَنْ يُؤْمِنُ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاغُوتِ فَسَيَكُونُ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ تَشَبُّهًا بِهِمْ لِأَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبر أنه يكون في هذه الأمة من يتشبه باليهود والنصارى ومن ذلك التشبه بهم في الإيمان بالجبت والطاغوت <coughs> Remember this chapter was about how some of this ummah will fall into the worship of the false deities. The ayah here was talking about how the Jews fell into that. So how is that an evidence for the title of the chapter which is about how the Muslims are going to fall into that? Remember one of the objectives of Kitab al-Tawheed is to understand how the evidence connects to the title of each chapter. That's part of the knowledge of Kitab al-Tawheed, one of the points that you're supposed to learn as students of knowledge. How does the evidence relate to the title of the chapter? 
The title of the chapter is talking about Muslims falling into shirk. The ayah, the evidence given, is talking about the Jews falling into shirk. So how is that an evidence for the title of the chapter about this ummah? How? So it is from the perspective of imitating them. The Prophet ﷺ said, there are going to be those from this ummah who imitate them, imitate the Jews and the Christians. And from the forms of imitation is imitation in your beliefs, in your iman. So there are those from the Jews who fell into that. There will be those from this ummah in imitation of that who also fall into it. وَكَذَلِكَ يُوجَدُ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يُمَجِّدْ الْكُفَّارِ There are those in this ummah, and you see this a lot, they extol, they, they raise up and praise the kuffar so much. They raise them up and they praise them so much. And then they find deficiency in the Muslims. And this is heard a lot. And it is a problem and it is a mistake. That many Muslims, they will say to you, the kuffar, they are more advanced and they are more educated and more civilized and they have more organization and everything is better in their countries and the Muslim countries where masakin and no organization and no nothing and this type of speech is not befitting. The kuffar, you're going to say they are more organized, they have better manners, they have better this, they have better that. Out. In the Muslim countries, you go every time during the day at the time of the prayer, you hear the adhan, you hear the adhan from all of the mosques. In the kafir country, you walk day and night, you live your whole life, you will barely hear the adhan once or twice in your whole life. The Muslim country, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with Islam in the land. There may be shortcomings. Now the Muslim countries you live, but you say the ruler, uh, there are problems and the people, there are problems. No problem, it's not an issue. You are not living with the Sahaba. They are not the Sahaba. The Sahaba died. The Salaf died. Everybody has mistakes. And the Prophet said, all of you make error day and night, but I am the one who forgives. So seek forgiveness from me. There are errors, there may be shortcomings, there may be people who are not praying, not practicing. There may be many faults. But Alhamdulillah, if it is a Muslim country, and the religion of the land is Islam, and you have the adhan heard from the mosques at the time of the prayer, then is that not a blessing for that person living in that land? And that's why hijrah is something which remains. Al-hijrah baqiyah ila qiyam al-sa'ah. Or up until when the sun rises from the opposite side, up until the repentance ends. 
So meaning hijrah is not something finished. Hijrah is baqiyah ila qiyam sa'ah. To make hijrah from the lands of the kuffar, to go live in the lands of the Muslims. So this is not something to be belittled. And do not say, but the kuffar, it is so nice and so good. How can it be? When you see all the corruption in the lands, how can it be better for you? How can it be better this environment, this bi'ah, for your children and raising them than the one of a Muslim country? It cannot be. So do not fall into those types of whispers. So here he mentions that the Muslims, they fall into these things and they want to imitate the kuffar. And so they will fall into even the imitation of beliefs. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ يَقَعُوا فِيهَا مَا وَقَعَ فِي الْيَهُودِ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاغُوتِ وَمِنَ الشِّرْكِ بِاللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ So this ummah will fall into the same as what the Jews they fell into from the affairs of shirk. Some will fall into that. وَكُلُّ مَا وَقَعَ فِي الْيَهُودِ أَوْ فِي النَّصَارَ فَإِنَّهُ سَيَقَعَ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مِنْ بَعْضِ أَفْرَادِهَا أَوْ طَوَائِفِهَا مَنْ يَفْعَلُهُ تَشَبُّهًا بِهِمْ And everything that happened amongst the Jews and the Christians, it will occur in this ummah too. From individuals or from groups who will imitate the Jews and the Christians. فَهَا هِيَ الْأَضْرِحَةِ وَالْبِنَاءَ عَلَى الْقُبُورِ وَالطَّوَافُ بِهَا وَإِقَامَةُ الْمَوَالِدِ وَالْإِسْتِغَاثَ بِالْأَمْوَاتِ وَالذَّبْحِ وَالنَّظْرِ لَهُمْ مَوْجُودِ كَمَا كَانَ فِي الْيَهُودِ هَذَا الشَّاهِدِ مِنَ الْآيَةِ So now the Shaykh says, you see, the shrines that are built on top of the graves, and the other types of things, the tombs that they build on top of the graves of the deceased. And they do tawaf around those graves. And they establish the birthdays and celebrate the birthdays of these so-called righteous people and awliya and whatever it may be. And they seek deliverance and rescue from the deceased and they sacrifice for them. And they make vows for them. All of this occurs in this ummah. Just as it occurred amongst the Jews. It occurs in this ummah. The tawaf around the graves in Medina. Is it possible? Is it possible to do tawaf around the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? No. It is not possible. It is possible. MashaAllah. The people they make it possible. They do tawaf around Al Masjid al Nabawi. They do it. Sometimes you notice, or the guards they notice, a person walking around and around in circles and again coming back and back. They are doing that not to do tawaf of the masjid, to do tawaf of the grave of the Prophet. And that exists. And in some places, some countries you go, they will prostrate to the grave. And they will sacrifice to the grave. Has it not occurred in this ummah? 
Certainly these affairs have occurred in this Ummah, just as they occurred with the Jews and the Christians. And then, وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى قُلْ هَلْ أُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِشَرٍ مِّنْ ذَلِكَ مَثُوبَةً عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ لَعَنَهُ اللَّهُ وَغَضِبَ عَلَيْهِ وَجَعَلَ مِنْهُمُ الْقِرَادَةَ وَالْخَنَازِيرِ وَعَبَدَ الطَّاغُوتِ وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى قَالَ الَّذِينَ غَلَبُوا عَلَى أَمْرِهِمْ لَنَتَّخِذَنَّ عَلَيْهِمْ مَسْجِدًا so in this first ayah, قُلْ هَلْ أُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِشَرٍ مِّنْ ذَلِكَ مَثُوبَةً عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ لَعَنَهُ اللَّهُ وَغَضِبَ عَلَيْهِ وَجَعَلَ مِنْهُمْ الْقِرَدَةَ وَالْخَنَازِيرَ وَعَبَدَ الطَّاغُوتِ وَتَمَامُ الْآيَةِ أُولَئِكَ شَرٌ مَّكَانًا وَأَضَلُّ عَنْ سَوَاءِ السَّبِيلِ هذه الآية في الرد على الذين يسخرون من المسلمين ومن دينهم من اليهود والنصارى والوثنيين this ayah, as you will see now, is a refutation and a rebuke upon those who mock the Muslims and the religion of Islam from the Jews and the Christians and the Mushrikun. So when Allah says, هَلْ أُنَبِّئُكُمْ يَعْنِ أُخْبِرُكُمْ وَالْإِسْتِفْهَامْ هُنَا الْمُرَادُ بِهِ التَّقْرِيرُ وَالتَّوْبِيخُ so here again Allah is telling us, shall I inform you? And that is as a means of rebuke upon the ones who are going to be informed about. بِشَرِّمْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ Shall I inform you of those worse than that? Meaning what they claimed about the Muslims and Islam, they are upon far worse than even what they claim. And what they claim is not correct, but they are upon worse in any case. مَثُوبَةً يَعْنِي جَزَاءً عِنْدَ اللَّهِ That those, they are going to be upon a worse state, a worse recompense from Allah. مَنْ لَعَنَهُ اللَّهِ اَيْطَرَدَهُ وَأَبْعَدَهُ مِنْ رَحْمَتِهِ بِسَبَبِ كُفْرِهِ وَهُوَ أَنْتُمْ Shall I not tell you about those worse in their recompense, those who Allah cursed, meaning that Allah repelled them, uh, distanced them from His mercy and from uh, Himself, and they are of course due to their kufr. It is talking about the Jews and the Christians. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angered upon them. والغضب, الغضب ضد الرضا. فالله جل وعلا يرضى عن عباده المؤمنين ويغضب على الكافرين. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with his believing servants, but is angered upon the disbelievers. وغضبه لا يقوم له شيء. وَالْمَغْضُوبُ عَلَيْهِمْ هُمُ الَّذِينَ عِنْدَهُمْ عِلْمٍ وَلَمْ يَعْمَلُوا بِهِ لِأَنَّهُمْ عَصَوُ اللَّهَ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ And who are the ones whom Allah's anger is upon? They are those who have knowledge, but they do not act upon their knowledge. 
إن الفاتحة وأن يسير المغضوب عليهم ولا الظالين Take us away from the path. Do not put us on the path of those whom your anger is upon and those who went astray. Those whom your anger is upon, they are the ones who have knowledge but do not act upon it. And at the head of them is of course the Jews. But anyone who falls into that characteristic of having knowledge but not acting upon it, comes under that ghadab, at the head of them, the Jews, and then what Allah, the misguided ones who attempted to worship Allah without knowledge upon ignorance and jahl. So then, وَجَعَلَ مِنْهُمُ الْقِرَدَةَ وَالْخَنَازِيرِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made from them the monkeys and pigs, بِسَبَبِ كُفْرِهِمْ وَالشَّاهِدْ فِي قَوْلِهِ وَعَبَدَ الطَّاغُوتِ دَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ فِي أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ الطَّاغُوتِ فَلَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يَتَشَبَّهْ بِهِمْ وَيَعْبُدُ الطَّاغُوتِ So it affirms again that there were those from amongst the Jews who worshipped uh, uh, from the people of the book who uh, worshipped and followed the Taghut, and that therefore indicates that there will be those from this Ummah who also fall into that. And then in the next ayah with it, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ غَلَبُوا عَلَىٰ أَمْرِهِمْ لَنَتَّخِذَنَّ عَلَيْهِمْ مَسْجِدًا the, uh, when they said, the, those who were overwhelmed, they said, we are going to take a mosque upon them. The story of the cave, those who were trapped in the cave, they were righteous people in that old time when they lived. In that era, they were righteous people who believed in Allah and they rejected what the rest of their community was upon from shirk. And so when those young men died, the rest of the people, they took a place of worship upon their graves, seeking baraka and blessings from them. نَبْنِي عَلَيْهِمْ مَسْجِدًا مِنْ أَجْلِ التَّبَرُّكِ بِهِمْ وَالصَّلَاةِ عَنْدَهُمْ وَالدُّعَاءِ عَنْدَهُمْ لِأَنَّهُمْ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءِ اللَّهِ وَنَفَّذُوا ذَلِكَ بِقُوَّةِ السُّلْطَةِ لَا بِقُوَّةِ الْحُجَّةِ لِأَنَّهُمْ غَلَبُوا عَلَىٰ أَمْرِهِمْ أَيْ تَمَكَّنُوا مِنْ تَنْفِيذِ مَا أَرَادُوا بِقُوَّتِهِمْ So in the ayah it mentions those who overwhelmed, meaning they took the authority and control 
and they had the ability and power to do what they wanted, they then said, we're going to build mosques, places of worship, on top of the graves of those righteous men who died, because they were righteous, and we can seek barakah from them, and seek goodness from them, and pray next to them, and make dua next to them. And so they did that, not because of the strength of their evidence proving that's okay, because they did not have that, but the strength of their authority, they were able to implement that and override anyone else. فَالشَّاهِدُ مِنَ الْآيَةِ أَنَّهُ كَانَ فِي أَوَّلِ الْخَلِيقَةِ مَنْ يَبْنِي الْمَسَاجِدَ عَلَى الْقُبُورِ this shows that even in those early times that when the story happened, the people of the cave, in those times, and that was well before the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, in those times they were building mosques on top of graves. Those people, they said, we're going to build it on top of their graves. فَلَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يَبْنِي الْمَسَاجِدَ عَلَى الْقُبُورِ تَشَبُّهًا بِهِمْ وَقَدْ وَقَعَ قَدْ وَقَعَ هَذَا وَوُجِدَ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ مَنْ يَبْنِي الْمَسَاجِدَ عَلَى الْقُبُورِ فَدَلَّ عَلَى وُقُوعِ الشِّرْكِ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ كَمَا وَقَعَ فِي الْأُمَمِ السَّابِقَةِ عَنْ طَرِيقِ التَّشَبُّهِ وَالْمُحَاكَاةِ So the point is that if this was an act which was occurring in the early nations, then no doubt it is going to occur in this nation. And it has occurred that they build mosques on top of graves with that intent to build the mosque on top of the graves. They do that and it occurs in imitation of those who went by before them so this again indicates that shirk will no doubt occur in this ummah as it occurred to the nations that went before us. Again, just to clear the doubt, if a person says, what about the grave of the Prophet ﷺ? Have they not built a mosque on top of it? We've already mentioned it, but again, so no doubt is left for the newcomer. The grave of the Prophet ﷺ was in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, which was joined right next to Al-Masjid al-Nabawi. So he was buried there and the mosque was right there next door. Then the mosque, it expanded and it expanded and expanded and expanded until they could no longer expand that way. Because where the hotels are now, and before that, the area of the courtyard, that was Medina. The houses of the companions were all around there. You couldn't knock them down and build that way anymore. So then one of the rulers in the later times, he said, we have no choice. We have to expand that way. Previously, they had not expanded in that direction because the grave of the messenger was there, the house of Aisha. They couldn't expand that way. But in the end, that ruler, despite the scholars of the time at that time, not agreeing with him to do so, the ruler made his ishtihad, we need to expand. So he expanded the mosque. But, as we mentioned, walls were built all around the grave of the messenger to completely conceal that area. 
You go into the mosque now, is there any access to the grave? You cannot get in. Walled off all sides. One side at the front with the cage, you can walk past to give the salam, but there is no access, nothing. You cannot go and prostrate to the grave. The guards are all there, they will stop you. You cannot go there, start wiping the walls. They will grab you, take you, stop you. They are there, stood 24 hours a day, as much as the mosque is open. The guards and the security are there. They will not allow any of that to occur. So it cannot be used as an evidence. That is not comparable to the mushrikun or to the likes of the grave worshippers who come along and make their plan and their architecture to build a building on top of a grave because it's the grave of somebody righteous and they want his grave inside of the mosque. So they come intentionally to build it like that to commit their shirk and to prostrate or to do tawaf or to make dua or seek intercession from that grave within their mosque. That is where we'll have to conclude on for today. Uh, the rest of the chapter, inshallah ta'ala, next week after Isha, we'll carry on with the rest of the chapter. We have now, inshallah, at least two or three sessions in a row. So next week we'll carry on with that chapter to finish off the rest. We'll conclude upon that for today. Any questions, anything to add? Uh, uh, Christians and Jewish they uh, used to go to Kaaba to the Tawaf <coughs> Christians and Jews Allah but the Quraysh they used to go because they had the remnants of the religion of Ibrahim salam. so the Quraysh used to do Hajj but it was a Hajj in a way of shirk that they used to do and they used to go naked and those types of things uh, as for the Christians and Jews going there as an act of worship they used to go there as a capital. Business and trade used to happen in Mecca. The Christians used to come, the Jews used to come to do business and trade, but not to do hajj or worship. These days, they're not allowed to go there. Is that any advice for the new Muslim? A new Muslim who enters into Islam, he should experience in his heart a great amount of joy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved him from the hellfire and with this tawheed if he lives and dies upon it then paradise is his abode that Allah has guided him from darkness into light a new Muslim should experience and feel that great joy that Allah opened up his heart his creator opened up his heart to recognizing and understanding his purpose in creation and so then after that he should strive bit by bit to learn the religion, to learn Tawheed and the realities of it, to learn what is shirk and impermissible, <coughs> to learn the prayer. You slowly, step by step, start to learn the religion and implement it. And the more you learn, the stronger the faith in the heart becomes. The stronger the faith will become, the Iman will become, the more that person learns about the religion. So he maintains his studies, he asks Allah for aid and assistance, asks Allah to help him upon his path of studying and learning the religion. And how many you will have seen yourselves and will have experienced yourselves, 
And we used to see in the University of Medina, people who became Muslim not knowing Alif Bata. Not knowing Alif Bata. And they become Muslim and they used to get accepted in the university. And after 10 years, they graduate with masters in the Islamic religion, a PhD in the Islamic religion. And before that, 15 years ago, they were kuffar, not even knowing Alif Bata. And Allah guided them to Islam. And not only that, some of them, after years of study, they have degrees in the Islamic knowledge and masters and PhDs and sat with the scholars and learnt in Al-Masjid al-Nabawi for a decade, two decades. A blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a new Muslim asks Allah for that aid and assistance and maintains his studying bit by bit until he understands fully the religion and his iman increases and strengthens. We'll have to leave it on that. Inshallah Ta'ala, we'll continue next Saturday after the Isha prayer with the next session.